Rise and shine, Mr. Freeman. Rise and shine. November 2016 edition of Mouse and Joystick. I'm your moderator, Luden Kyle. Joined as always by my co-hosts, The Big No and Luden Cube. Michael Noah, how you guys doing today? Doing all right. I'm doing. I'm doing pretty good. Luden Cube, though, I got. I got to ask, why? <laughs> why what? Why you do this to me? Hey, I thought it was gonna be a thing. Like we were all gonna do that. So like. I don't know. We could play together and people would be like, those guys play together. I don't know. All right. And I also, I appreciate the I'm at a loss for names. <laughs> Better than the last one, I guess. Hey, what are you saying? Don't you, you, you don't like White Spartan? Are you, are you one of the people that thought I was racist because I had White Spartan in my I, mean, I had White in my name? If you had to pick a race <laughs> for, the Greek, for the Greek Spartans, would you say they're white or black? I mean, obviously, they're the most Greek people are pretty darn white. <laughs> are they? Really I mean, well, to pick them they're more olive colored, but still olive colored, right? Um. Anyways, let's get down to some video game news. I like talking about some of the news stuff that's been going on since the last time we we had an episode. Um. I think one of the big things that happened was uh, Facebook announced its uh, PC game platform called game room for all sorts of facebook related games you may need on your computer um yeah kind of a it's a thing that exists i don't know how you guys feel about it though it i mean is it like the games that are already on facebook like uh that farm game and stuff like that or is it like real games that are com they're coming out with Let's see. I have not actually looked into it too much because I refuse to install it on my computer. <laughs> I don't blame you. Uh, it includes stuff like Bubble Witch Saga 2, Cookie Mama, Criminal Case. I think those are all Facebook games. Yeah, those are all like those app games that you can't yeah, have I... on your phone. Yeah. I figured they're, they have their own in-house game development studio, so... Those money-making... Yeah. I figure face Facebook would just put all those on there. How many Farmvilles are there now? Is there like two or three? <laughs> Thousands. I have, I have no idea. <laughs> anyway, if you're counting like all the makeups. And I don't know too many people that are excited to have a very heavily Facebook integrated thing on their computer. Well, wasn't there a review where the guy said it was just awful and it killed oh his God. computer, basically? Yeah, I remember reading one of the comments. He was like, I decided to give it a try just to see what was up. I and he like, couldn't it. uninstall it <laughs> he for some reason? He couldn't uninstall it because it basically dug in and rooted itself into the registry super deep. And he had to like wipe his computer to get rid of it. Wow. Yeah, so... If you uh, want to try it out, I recommend not. <laughs> Just wait wait till they uh get rid of the uh bugging of it 
oh, or like just, just destroy the system in the first place. Just just go through just go through Facebook. All right, got everything yeah. you need. Yeah. Anyways, um, let's move on to some more appealing news, at least in my opinion. Um, a new Metro game is being teased, or was heavily teased, and now they're kind of taking back the teases. If you look at taking back. If you look on Metro2035.com, which is a website supposedly built to promote the new book that came out, what, last year? Something like that? At the very bottom, it says there's an untitled Metro project in the work, and the description says, Metro Saga doesn't end where the books leave us. An era of great discoveries lie ahead. But before that, before they got called out on that, it basically explicitly said that the story of the universe will continue on in the video games. And that there was a new okay. video game coming out in like 2018 or something. Interesting. And then they took it back to like, hey, I, I we, we can't officially say that right now, but there's, there's, there's stuff happening. So keep an eye on that. I hope so. Those were good games. I liked Metro. I really enjoyed the, the, the two Metro games we have right now, and I would kill for a third one. Yeah, the dark story and like still first person shooter, but sort of a horror game. It was pretty cool. Yeah, it's like a great mix between a horror game and a uh, like an action first person shooter. They're kind of on the linear side, but it's like a story, more story focused Fallout that's not as open, you know? A little more action. Yeah, it's, I mean, since they're based off books, I could see uh, why that is. And I haven't read the books, but. I've always wanted to, but I'm not. I'm not too into horror books, but uh, these books sort of in, would interest me. I think. Well, you can go get Metro 2035 available on Amazon now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not plugging or anything. <laughs> That's, I'm just. I'm just reading what I see here. Um, in other shooter news, specifically out of the Ubisoft camp, uh, they announced that Rainbow Six Siege is going to be getting another year of downloadable content. Probably in the same vein as, as the first year with new maps and new operators that can be purchased with in-game currency. Uh, I really enjoyed this uh, the model that they had for Rainbow Six Siege, and I'm very excited to see that it was successful enough to have them continue supporting it for another year. Uh, I know you guys have been really enjoying Rainbow Six Siege. Uh, what do you think of it getting another year with a DLC? Uh, I'm happy because usually game cycles... Or lifespans, rather, usually about a year long. If that, maybe just six months after to eight months after release. So if they can continue for another year, that'd be awesome. Yeah, I was really enjoying Rainbow Six, and I thought I honestly thought it was going to be ending this year. And to hear that they're going to keep on going with it, I feel that uh, they're actually going. I feel like they're going to get the support they need to from the community because everyone seems to love the game anyway, and more DLC. I mean, they'll get more money anyway. So, oh, absolutely. I know we've uh we've been singing its praise ever since we started playing it a couple of months back. Uh if you have not picked up Rainbow Six Siege yet, look around and see if you can find a copy of it somewhere cuz it's actually one of the best shooters to come out in the past few years. It's great. Yeah, and technically all the DLC is free. It is technically so. free. Like if there's a character <laughs> you want, it may be one of the premium characters, but you can grind and unlock it with the in-game currency. No need to purchase it. Although, if you do want to purchase it, it's really not that expensive. They're like what five dollars? About ten bucks, I think, for both. Yeah, you can purchase them in sets for like ten bucks. 
Yeah. But yeah, great shooter. But, I mean, that's pretty good for a DLC. So. It really is, especially since I remember back in the days where you used to get like three maps for $10. Now, oh, yeah. I think a lot of these companies are going to maps being free and having cosmetic items be the new purchasable items. Um, but we can definitely expect more of this to happen because um, Ubisoft also announced right afterwards that uh, no more DLC that gamers have to buy for the full experience will be accompanying their the releases. So just like Rainbow Six Siege, uh, all Ubisoft games from now on will have this model where core content, like the maps, will be free, and anything you purchase can, anything else you can purchase can also be gotten in game, like in game currency, or just be purely cosmetic and have no actual effect on the game, which is. Really interesting because I did not expect Ubisoft of all companies to make this kind of this leap, you know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, like I don't know. I'm it, interested to see how it works out for them. I'm worried that they're going to like switch to like a heavily pre-order focused that exclusive content where they don't count it as DLC, so they can like make all these weird. Uh, stipulations and stuff because that's kind of what they did with the watch Dogs too where there were like the first watch Dogs, i think there was six or seven different versions of watch Dogs 2 that you could pre-order for different bonuses and a lot of the yeah, DLC is so. very like hey here's one mission with this one character from the old games that you can now team up with and it's just like well that would have been a nice thing to have in game but now i gotta buy it yeah, yeah. Um, i guess we won't really see the effects of this until Maybe For Honor. I think that's the next major Ubisoft game coming out. Either For Honor or maybe South Park, but I doubt. I don't think they'll do that to South Park. Yeah, I mean, For Honor is the next like multiplayer focused game that I can think of. So I guess we'll see how it works there. If not, then yeah. I don't know what they have in the pipeline. Because as far as I know, they don't have any other Rainbow Six games or any. Oh no, they have a Ghost Recon coming out next year as well. So... Oh yeah, that's. I forgot about that one. Ubisoft has a good, like, three, four months coming up, I guess. They're all coming in the first half of the year. Anyway, that's um, that's actually kind of it as far as concrete news go. Um, slow one. It's been a very slow month, actually, which I'm, I'm totally okay with. Uh, everyone's saving it for... I, th- I know a lot of people are having, like, January or February news bombs coming out, so... Uh, we'll be around for when that happens, but until then, this is going to be kind of a slow drip. Um, but what we did we did get, though, is a couple of uh, juicy rumors. First one has me very excited, though. Um, apparently, the price for the Nintendo Switch was leaked through an online retailer. And if the this leak ends up being true, it means the Switch will only be about 250 US dollars for like a base model. Would be amazing. That is a that's a great price for a new console right there. <laughs> like almost the price of the yeah. DS, isn't it? Yeah, I want to say um, that like the 3DS is one ninety nine or something like that when they were new. Yeah, I think one ninety nine. But yeah, like I w- I was saying earlier, if they can keep it under three hundred dollars, I'll probably get one day one. And yeah, two hundred fifty dollars would certainly do it. Then I can get the get the game and a console at the same time. 
again, it's just it's kind of like a really kind of a rumor. So just, I don't think there's any concrete evidence to it anymore. Right. So we won't really know until I believe Nintendo has a press conference coming up in January where they'll uh, talk more about the launch lineup and the launch price of the console. That's the evidence. That's that's the news that you should be looking out for if you want more concrete uh, information on the Switch. But uh, the last kind of uh, rumory thing we have is um, Blizzard is hiring for an unannounced first-person game. Now, that's because they have a lot of interesting repercussions, depending on what the unannounced game actually is. Because uh, they haven't specified. Obviously, when you think of first-person Blizzard games, the, the first one that should come to your mind right now is Overwatch. But... yeah. If they were developing for Overwatch, wouldn't they just say they're developing for Overwatch? Right. That's kind of funky. You think, yeah. Right. So either it's like uh, an Overwatch, a spinoff of Overwatch, or maybe like a campaign for Overwatch or something like that. Or maybe it's a first-person spinoff of one of their other series. Like, could you imagine if they decided to do like a first-person Diablo game? Or StarCraft. <clears throat> oh yeah, like a first yeah. Starcraft first person shooter. That'd be that'd be up my alley right there. I'd be so into that. Cause like all their franchises have great lore that they could explore more in a different genre, you know? Right. Yeah. It's nice to see that uh, Blizzard has some stuff in the pipeline. They're they're working on some new stuff. They could easily just sit on their like same franchises right now and just keep making WoW expansions and just keep making more download the content for Overwatch and stuff like that, but they're not. That is, their BlizzCon is kind of lackluster as far as new content goes. I yeah. mean, they did announce a lot of expansions, but that's all, you know, they have out now. Let's talk a bit about uh, what Blizzard did at uh, BlizzCon. Uh, I think the biggest thing that happened was they officially revealed the new Overwatch character called Sombra, which everyone basically already knew was a thing for the past couple months, but they just didn't actually announce until just now. Poorly handled. Poorly handled, but she was announced, and she's now in the game, and people are using her, and he, she's annoying as shit. Yeah. <laughs> I'll leave it at that. I'm, I'm not a big fan of her. Although the actual like character design itself is pretty nice. I think oh, her yeah. abilities are kind of whatever. Um, other Overwatch news, though. They announced the competitive Overwatch League. I kind of forget the details on that, but uh, was it an international thing or was it like North American based? Uh, I believe it's just North American for right now. Just North American for now. Yeah, so Blizzard's definitely taking Overwatch esports very seriously, and they're now like getting directly involved in uh, trying to promote it as a as an event that people are going to want to watch. Uh, it's they're... funny that they're trying to push it, and normally when people try to push it, it doesn't work. We'll see how it works, though, because Blizzard has a lot of, I guess, like, they have a lot of push over gamers, so. They do. And everyone likes Overwatch. I guess we'll see if this actually becomes as big as, like, the League. Yeah, professional yeah. Overwatch is kind of weird to me. Maybe I just don't understand it as much as other people do, but I guess it's uh, popular enough that they wanted to continue promoting it. Um, and the other franchise that Blizzard has that was getting some attention was um, Diablo. 
they announced kind of the big update coming for Diablo 3, which was going to uh, like include a remade version of one of the Diablo 1 dungeons or something like that. And yeah, uh, they also it, announced uh, that there was going to be a one of the Diablo 1 classes coming to Diablo 3. The Necromancer, I think it was? The Diablo 2 class, I think. It was a Diablo 2 class? Okay. Not to be nitpicky, but... That's fine. I don't remember the details of that too much, but um, for fans of classic Diablo, more of that content's being like, cre- recreated for Diablo 3. So not all that would be available in one place for the most part. Uh, I think the new class was going to be a paid piece of DLC. Yeah, you get to pay for it. I'm pretty sure it's going to be a pack that they said you buy. Wasn't the Diablo One dungeon going to be re- released for free though? Yes. Okay. It's going to be a free expansion to Diablo Three, and I don't know if you heard, but it's like they put a special filter on it and they locked you to the classic eight directional movement so it's kind of playing uh retro futuristic version of diablo one hey that'd be cool i'll, I'll definitely so it's like check a pixelated it filter I, I never really played diablo one but i think it'll be kind of cool to see how that how that fares with the the eight bit the eight directions and uh the new engine and all that it should be interesting enough uh, but yeah, like other than that, there's that was all the news that really came out the past month. It's been very slow, as we were saying, which means uh, I we I think we all had a bit more time than normal for playing games. Yeah. Uh, no, what what have you been playing as of late? What's been keeping your attention? Um, mostly, I picked up Paragon again. Oh, nice. Because they've been making a lot of changes to the gameplay. Um, and they're just about to release a big update where they make a new map, where they basically shrink the current one and uh, try and speed up gameplay because it was a little bit slow before the update. I don't know if you remember, but the games usually took over 30 minutes to complete. Right. I think that was my personal biggest issue of the game is just it was fun, but I have a hard time just sitting down and playing matches that can last between 30 minutes and an hour, especially if like something bad happens in that first 30 minutes. And then I realize, Oh, yeah, no, I'm yeah. stuck in this losing game for the next 30, 45 minutes. But they spent a lot of detail to character design and abilities and balancing it out. So it does feel a lot better now. Um, and games are usually about 25 to 30 minutes. They are much shorter on average. Um, and the characters are more balanced, and they've adjusted a lot of the gameplay mechanics to it feels um, a little bit more smoothly, where it kind of felt clunky at the beginning, but that was an alpha, so it's right. understandable. And but I'm looking forward to December 6th is when they're going to release the new map. So keep Mark your calendars. I think I'll, I think I'll actually jump in on that. I miss Paragon. That was looks great. It was really fun. And uh, they've been releasing new characters consistently since the last time we were talking about it, correct? Yep, every two weeks they release a new one, so I think they're up to eight or nine so far. It's a great release schedule right there. I'm happy to hear that. Uh, was there anything else that you were playing quite a bit of? Uh, I mean, I I play Smash Brothers, but that's not really a relevant game. Which one are we talking here? Uh, four on the Wii. Two. Okay, I haven't heard too much about Smash 4 and how people have been uh, receiving that. I think it's been more positive than Brawl, but... 
They can't touch yeah. the the legend that was melee. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. I want to see if they come out with a new one for the for the Switch. That'd be kind of cool to see what they do with that. I think the Switch would be a perfect fit for a new Smash Brothers. Just just imagine walking up to your buddy, and be like, hey, wanna wanna play some Smash Brothers? I got got these two controllers right here. Let's go. One v one me, bro. One v one me, bro. One v one me in real life on the Switch. They throw down in 2017. And then he, the <laughs> guy picks Fox. <laughs> but he picks Kirby. I, if the only thing I could say for that is I hope they bring out a little bit more character diversity. Because they have the classic characters, but then they kind of stick to their like uh, Japanese uh, char- game characters. And, like the, the Ness. Uh, and, like uh... Cloud and Bayonetta and yeah. Marth and Ike. They're really like... Uh, what is it? Fireheart emblem, emblem Firehearts, or something like that. Fire emblem. It's a big Nintendo DS game uh, in Japan. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's Fire emblem. Not too There's like five characters from that game inside Smash. So, <laughs> well, I mean, they're all good fighters, obviously. So, I mean, it makes sense. But I'd like to see some of their like more uh, unique games. Maybe everybody might not know. Definitely. I think the real question yeah. is how many Pokemon can they add to the roster before people get fed up? <laughs> well, now <laughs> they pretty much have their own Super Smash Bros. for Pokemon. So. <laughs> That's right. There's a Pokemon. I haven't heard too much about that since oh. it came out either. But I, I think they're slowly adding people to it. Or Pokemon, rather. But Yeah. That would also be a great one to add to the Switch eventually. I- I'd actually play that. That or uh, Smash would be great fits, I think. Was, good, good games to easy pick up and play. So everybody can enjoy a good beat 'em up. Was there was there anything else you've been playing? Uh not really. Those have been my main squeezes lately. Some good picks though. Can't can't fault you for that. How about you, Michael? What what have you been playing? Um. Oh, uh, I, I played a little bit of uh, Titanfall two uh, oh, with yeah, you guys. That was yeah, <laughs> that that came out. Did that came, did that come out this month or last month? It came out the very end of last month. I remember during our last episode, we had all like put in like an hour or two in the campaign. We're like, yeah, it's kind of fun so far. But I'm going to talk a bit more about that campaign. What what did you think of it? Very curious. I personally love this campaign. Yes, I I honestly think it's like one of the best first person shooter campaigns since like. The original Halo ones. I can't agree more. There, there was something very, very right with that campaign. I don't know. Like, there's no one thing I can just say. Like, hey, this is why it was so good. But like, the pacing was very, very good. Grand point. Never, never came to a standstill. I'm like, okay, let's just hurry up and finish this. I'm ready to go. No, they, they kept me engaged the entire time, even though it was only like four or five hours or something like that. Uh, and then each mission, each had its, had their own little gimmick. Like, um, there's the one mission kind of in the middle where you get the, the jumping ability, you know, between... That was beautiful. That, that was beautiful. Yeah, that was cool. Trying not to spoil it because it was really the best part of the whole game. Um, But a little after that, there was that one mission where you start in the Titan and then you're just like marching to the wall. You know that one? Yep. That was a great one as well. Yeah. Like, I can't stress enough though. Like, even though it's a short four or five hour campaign, 
it's 100% worth playing and it's like almost worth the entire price of admission alone. Not not to say that the multiplayer is not worth it cuz I I played uh, quite a bit of the Titanfall 2 multiplayer and I thought it was it was good. It's fun. I'll probably continue to play it a little bit here and there. There are a few things that kind of yeah. set me off a little bit, but still playable. About the uh, the multiplayer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm not a, I'm not a fan of the... uh, all the uh, was it like map packs and wall scene abilities. Yeah. There's a lot of that. Yeah. The. Uh... <laughs> I wish they would have. The aiming, yeah. the aiming seemed weird. It's okay. Um. The, aim, My only the thing aiming is, seemed oh. weird in it. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> um, is the they should have taken a little bit more attention to uh, how or what order you got some of the uh, equipment for online? Because I feel like the most popular ones were like the first ones you got, mm-hmm. but that was just me. Kind of like, like I don't know. It kind of made the unlo- like the progression and unlocking things kind of pointless to me because like you got everything you wanted at the beginning, right? Other than guns, but I mean the guns. I mean even the first the starting guns were probably some of the best ones you get. I would agree with that. I think the biggest weakness of Titanfall 2's multiplayer is, like you said, that progression. I found myself after I would get like the main attachments I need for that first gun or two. There was nothing else I really wanted to unlock because I already had like camo and the good attachments for the good gun, and I already had the best Titan I needed. There's so like there's nothing else to unlock for the Titan. And it's like, oh well, okay. It only took me a couple hours, but now I have everything I really need for the game. I'm all set until I'm done playing the game. I did see in the DLC they're adding new Titan abilities. So. Ooh. Um. It might change it up a little bit, but I feel like they'll be available as soon as the DLC launch, you know, launches. Right, and uh, they are going for a season passless model, so there's no DLC to purchase. I think everything that they release will be cosmetic or just be added to the game, like the the maps and Titan upgrades and stuff like that. Right, which was amazing. <laughs> we'll yeah. never see that anymore. Good on you, EA. You did something right. I don't know how much of this was actually EA or how much of it was um, responding to entertainment, putting their foot down and being like, no, this is what we're doing. And if you don't like it, you can just get rid of us. But uh, we'll see. Um, biggest concern for Titanfall 2 going forward is just how many people are going to continue playing it because it did not have a good launch. Had a rough launch week. In terms of numbers. And yeah. like even during the first week, I was having a hard time getting into certain playlists. And even now, now it's probably worse. Unless they did something to change the way the matchmaking works. Uh, yeah, definitely, like, as these uh, winter and Christmas sales come up, I would definitely give Titanfall 2 a look. Probably the best shooter, one of the best shooters to come out this year. And uh would love to see it get a little bit more support. Make sure it doesn't die off right away. Yeah. Um, next, I did, unfortunately, <laughs> uh, um, I, I gave in, I mean, every, every, 
oh, at least all three of us, we get that itch after a while of playing single player games and other types of games for a while. We're like, I, I want to go back and I want to go to my roots and play one of those first person shooter multiplayer games. And I was really getting that itch and to also to that and to also play my PlayStation more. So I went out and I got um, the new Call of Duty on my PlayStation and I've been playing a lot of that. I uh, I say that unfortunately just because it's torture to myself to play that multiplayer. Um, I, I hate this, but I can't stop playing it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're like, I need to prove them wrong that I'm better than them, I guess. See? Even though I, there's... I don't yeah. think this game sucks because I'm bad. I, I just think it sucks because I'm too good for it. <laughs> exactly. Uh... I, I did I did play through all the campaign and I did like this campaign um, for Call of Duty. I, it's probably one of the best campaigns since like probably Call of Duty Four. I don't know. I I don't remember too much of the the campaigns between uh between those game much between those games, but the campaign for this one was definitely well done. Although it was a, a little bit short, um, it's a lot better than say like the Black Ops campaigns. I actually felt compelled to do the side missions in the Infinite Warfare campaign, which was weird. There's, yeah. there's side missions, and you can do it to actually like, it, improve your odds in the main missions. I'm like, what is this, Mass Effect? Yeah. It, that's what it felt like. That's And I'm like, you're in a ship most of the time. I did I didn't think it was a little weird that like a lot of the missions, you were basically only piloting your Saber ship. Yeah. Um, which they made it super easy to do, but then again, I was on a easier difficulty. But it, they made it really easy to um, lock on and things, which I, I thought was going to be a problem um, because Call of Duty was never really good with controlling vehicles in their games. So it's because they usually never have vehicles, or they're like on rails and you can't move around. Yeah, basically. But no, they actually like gave you mostly full control over your ship in this and you could go up down left right 360 speed up slow down stuff like that it was better implemented than i thought it would be yeah i uh, honestly this campaign was pretty good um and i mean uh do i recommend this game i'm not sure uh it depends on the person if you are going for a really good multiplayer uh i'd say probably stick to i don't even know honestly i haven't played battlefield one so between battlefield one titanfall 2 and call of duty i guess i, mean, I like titanfall 2's multiplayer the best always rainbow six siege or overwatch as well i mean there's there are options out there yeah i know i was just going between the three new ones yeah get titanfall 2 <laughs> uh the multiplayer for for this game though it was uh um it it felt if you have played um Black Ops 3 it's a lot like that uh guns are Black Ops 3 but with slightly less interesting maps in my opinion Yeah like there's there's same movements the same less, guns less diverse maps Yeah I'm sorry um continue on It's okay uh there's not much to i mean they they did add a little bit more of the uh, like 
places that you can only get to by jetpacking in this, and they made it easier to do that stuff than it was in Black Ops 3. Uh, but guns and stuff was just the same type of thing. Uh, they gave you basically the best assault rifle as the first one, and playing it, it's literally like the only assault rifle people use. <laughs> and it's it's ridiculous. Um, I normally am one to only play hardcore, uh, because I, like, I'll start out on core and then go to hardcore once I have my guns that I want to play with. And let's just say hardcore on this felt literally impossible. Oh, really? Yeah, like, every gun kills you in one hit. Like, which, I mean, that's normal, a little bit normal for hardcore, but you could, you felt like you could still manage and kill people and stuff. Mm -hmm. But it was, it felt like playing shipment back on Call of Duty 4. <laughs> <laughs> and, and the small maps is like, oh, spawn, walk two steps, die. That's, that was what hardcore felt like to me. And I was playing, like, Domination. So, like, the map was supposed to be, you know, at least a little bit, like, we're going to spawn on this side, they're going to spawn on this side. But no, I would still die in my spawn a lot. And, like, people would, like... Like, the way they did guns in this is so weird with the crates and, like, unlocking, and you could potentially buy your way to get better guns. It wouldn't be direct. Like, you can't just literally go and buy the best gun. You have to buy through, you have to get it through crates, but you can buy crates for money, so that in so, turn mean you could so basically buy. You could just buy a shit ton of crates from Activision, and they'll maybe give you a good gun. Maybe, yeah. I mean, I've gotten some pretty good guns in random crates, but I've met a lot of people who have the overpowered like legendary gun that does like a little bit more damage, has like infinite damage range, and also has an attachment already on it that you don't have to put on it. So, that type of thing. And, like, guns that, are, like, will automatically have, like, increased fire rate. Uh, I know that there's, obviously, there's one three-round burst gun, because there always is in a Call of Duty game. And the epic or legendary gun version of that is a full-auto version of it. Of course. Still has the same same amount of damage. So, once oh, you... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, people with that just do kill you in, like, How is the whole rec system for damage and weapons and the pay-to-win thing? It's... I don't know. It's weird. You can tell when someone kills you with a good uh, legendary weapon because it, like, it'll have the color underneath the weapon where it says where you, uh, who killed who. Does um, it feel like, like there's definitely a clear advantage? Or is it just kind of like a little bit of flavor? Um... There is, there are advantages to it, like, you, but it also, it coincides with player skill, so if someone's really bad and they have a really good weapon, they'll probably do a little bit better, but they're still going to not do that well. But if someone's insanely good, and they have an insanely good weapon, you will definitely see that that person, like, goes, like, 60 and 5, or whatever. <laughs> so, it basically raises the level of players like skill cap basically right unfortunately it does that and if you get that gun early then you're just good for to get anything you want for a while because you'll just like rush through all the um i mean you, you'll just get so many kills because you're like your weapon's so much better now and like do you know if prestiging gets rid of those weapons you unlocked 
It does not. I have prestiged once, unfortunately. But that I did play on double XP weekends, so you can't blame me too much. That, that would help. Uh, um, <laughs> I have prestiged once, and that, no, it doesn't get rid of those. You still have those. And, um... Uh... Yeah, there's four levels and the for each legendary thing, and you can also unlock um there's even rarer ones that aren't in like the normal like you get salvage sometimes from crates, which uh which you but you never get very much unfortunately. And to like unlock you can also unlock new upgrades for gun like the next version of a gun through that salvage. First one's like 200, then 500, then 2,000, and then like 4,000. And I haven't even hit 2,000 yet. And that's my next level for it. It takes forever to get that much salvage. And, uh, to I mean, to even get to 4,000. I mean, I'm already almost a second prestige, and I haven't even gotten 2,000. So mm -hmm. it's obviously people are either getting really lucky or they're buying their way to get the really good guns. Hard to say. Um, zombies. You played a lot oh, yeah. more zombies than I did, so I want to hear your opinion on that. I don't. I don't know if I did. Like, I felt like I did play it for a long time, but I didn't understand it at all. I mean, I only because like an hour, so I don't know anything. <laughs> I met the people David Hasselhoff, I and I was like, bikes. "I hate it's David Hasselhoff." Uh, dead. Okay, that's good enough for me. <laughs> Uh, yeah, the people I played with didn't have mics, so they were doing things without me know, like without telling me what they're doing or what. I just saw them running around and they were building things. There's a lot of things to build in this now that you need to go around and collect the parts to it. Um, yes, there's David Hasselhoff as a DJ that you can unlock somehow. I don't know. <laughs> I I just felt very confused when I got into this zombie map, which seems like. Even with the the newest ones from like Black Ops Three and stuff, that's just what the maps keep getting crazier and crazier and crazier. With what you need to do, the little Easter eggs, the so many collect collectibles, it's I don't know. It seems a bit much. I still like the old fashioned standard, like uh, of back in like Call of Duty World at War. So I don't know. I it just seemed a little bit crazy to me. Everything works a bit differently. I know not a not everyone likes it as much because it's not designed by Treyarch, so and it's definitely not as good. But a non-Treyarch zombie map just feels wrong to me. Yeah, not that it's bad. It's just I don't know if I can get behind it or not. But yeah, so it sounds like Infinite Warfare for the most part is like a complete experience. But would you really recommend it as someone that's a fan of the series? <laughs> If you are legitimately a fan of Call of Duty, and you have played like Black Ops Three and stuff, then you're probably gonna like it because the campaign's good and the multiplayer is just like Black Ops Three. If you're not a fan of the series and you're like, maybe I should step in at this point, don't <laughs> go towards Titanfall or Battlefield One, both of which are definitely better. Did you get the uh, the Legacy Edition or did you just get like a standard one? I got it used, so. I got the standard. Oh, so you, you didn't get Modern Warfare Remastered? Um, I was going to, but then I heard that people were saying it's not that great, and it, I mean, they didn't really do much to it to remaster it, and it was buggy, so I didn't, I didn't want to. 
Interesting, because I have not had any of those issues with Modern Warfare Remastered. In fact, no? it really is just like Call of Duty 4, but with better graphics. Which really is all I could really ask for from every master of Call of Duty 4, you know? Which is, in my opinion, one of the best Call of Duty games ever made. Top three, at least. How did um, the... Uh, did you play campaign or multiplayer? Oh, I played a lot of the campaign, and let me tell you, it holds up very well. Um, especially some of the like missions in the later part of the missions. Like, uh, remember All Gilled Up? Yeah. That looks great with HD textures, let me tell you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it looks fantastic. I was just like, I'm going to sit here and keep playing this mission over and over again. Um, that sniping mission. The best mission in any Call of Duty game ever. Good times, good times. I didn't play a whole lot of the multiplayer, just because by the time I got around to playing that, I was kind of burnt out on the Call of Duty multiplayer. I was playing a lot of it for the like a whole week of Infinite Warfare and Titanfall 2 and stuff like that. But um, yeah, it's it's basically the same. I think like all the weapons are for the most part exactly the same, except I think they they nerfed the grenades a bit. Which, <laughs> if, if you've played Call of Duty before, you can understand that's probably a reasonable change. <laughs> they there was a lot of balancing issues with Call of Duty 4 that no one ever touched, and it was just funny because I remember playing it back in the day. Uh, I miss it, and I if it's that good, I may consider. I wouldn't. Is there a way I wouldn't go out pick and it up? buy the Legacy Edition because then that'd be like another sixty dollars for you. But oh, yeah. if they eventually released it as a standalone twenty dollars thing, pick it up. It's worth it for the campaign alone, just because it looks great and it's probably the best campaign Call of Duty has ever created. Yeah, but yeah, like as bonus, I don't really regret getting it. But yeah, like you said, Infinite Warfare is kind of just like this thing that exists. I probably would not have gotten it if it wasn't for Modern Warfare Remastered. So now I kind of feel bad for supporting the bad marketing ploy. <laughs> oh well, what am I gonna do? Can't really, can't really go back and get my money. But uh, yeah, Modern Warfare Remastered is pretty good. Um, player player count's kind of low. I don't know if it's going to go up or go lower. If they released it as a standalone, it probably would go back up. I'm hoping that's what ends up happening. Yeah, I mean, I bet a lot of the people didn't want to get it. Because $80 does seem... It's not too much more than a normal release, but, I mean, it seems like it. Uh, Just in number standards, like people, if you say $80 compared to $60... Uh, obviously, everyone's gonna pick sixty bucks, if especially if they don't get very much extra for the eighty bucks. Right. And I, I bet, uh, I bet, unfortunately, a lot of people who st- still play Call of Duty were not fans or did not play Call of Duty Four, so they don't know what they're missing. Don't you know that Modern Warfare Two is the first Call of Duty? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um. So was there was there anything else that you played? This month that uh really got you excited? Um uh not really. I've been playing um some of my PlayStation games and I can touch on all those once I actually beat them. So That sounds good, sounds good. because uh, uh next month there's definitely plenty of time to look back and reflect on everything we've done this past year. Yeah. Um speaking of like PlayStation games though, I've been playing through uh, Uncharted Four at Thief's End a bit. <laughs> I haven't finished it just yet. I'm about three quarters of the way through it, but um, 
gotta tell you, as someone that's actually not a big fan of the Uncharted games, I'm actually quite enjoying this one. It actually fixes one of my major gripes of the games, which is the combat. And the fact that it's practically non-existent in the previous games. And it's just the most bare bones, get the job done kind of uh, kind of system. But in this, I am not like afraid to get into a combat scenario because it's going to bore me to death. The combat's actually pretty exciting in this. And they've, they've incorporated changes to the environment and the way Drake moves around where you can actually utilize stealth. And it's actually a viable tactic in combat now. And uh, that's, yeah, like that, that's, that's a big one right there for me because of the combat. But um, outside of that, like, you know, the climbing's great as ever and the, the, the scenes, the scenery always great especially on the playstation 4 hardware uncharted's never looked better than has never looked this good in fact i don't want to say for sure but this might be the best looking playstation 4 game out there right now i don't know if that's too far of a stretch to say but at least of <laughs> all the playstation 4 games i've played it's the best looking one what else um again i haven't finished the story yet even though i've already had the the epilogue spoiled for me intentionally. It was not accidental. I went out of my way to see it back when the game first came out. And I just want to say the ending of this game is perfect. Well, close to perfect. Like I've not seen an, an ending to a game just that well done in a long, long time. Yeah. Since like the last of us, which I guess it runs uh, in the family, the, uh, the naughty dog family there. They definitely for know sure. how to, uh, to make good games. But um, yeah, I'll probably have a more concrete opinion on that uh, next episode. For those that don't know what we're doing next next episode, it's actually going to be like a 2016 recap slash game of the year kind of special. So we'll be going back and uh, kind of being nostalgic about everything that we played this past year. And I think we'll each create our own like personal top 10 lists and talk about games that came out this year that you should be playing if you haven't played it already that kind of stuff but uh one one last game that i really do want to talk about before we move on from that and this is what i've been spending probably the most time with lately which is the the newest entries into the pokemon series pokemon sun and moon oh boy let me let me tell you about the let me tell you about this probably the best pokemon games ever made I'm just, gonna really? say, I'm just gonna say that. Every little mechanic in the previous games that have always annoyed me a little bit has been like fixed. Uh, big one, you know how there's there's those things called HMs that you have to teach your Pokemon, and then you can't yeah. they can't forget them. It's gone. Yeah. Really. You don't have to worry about it. But now, how uh, do they fix that? In their place, there's uh, like these rental Pokemon that you can summon. So, like, if you're like, oh, I need to surf across the water, you can just summon a Lapras, and you can ride on the Lapras. <laughs> or if you're like, oh, shit, I need to get to another island. Here, let me just summon a Charizard to fly around on. Summon the Charizard. Sweet. Like, oh, no, there's there's a giant rock in my way, and I need to break it. Summon a Machamp, and just have Machamp push it out of the way. Problem solved. So, I really do appreciate that change, because now you don't need to teach your Pokemon unforgettable crappy moves that are just there. I mean, 
I think we've all we've all been there. You end up having to get to a yeah. situation where you have to teach your starter Pokemon cut or something. And then you're just like, well, it's there now. And it's still there when you get to the Elite Four and you're just like, oh, I'm not, I'm never going to use this move. It's too bad. Yeah, I'm I'm glad that they fixed that. Uh, it's, not, it's not the only thing, though. There's, there's a lot of other little changes, um, which I did touch on a bit in my review, but uh, just to kind of like recap it here. Uh, they, they did away with the gyms. All the gyms are gone, which is... If you think about it, it's like, well, that's a staple of the Pokemon series. How could they get rid of the gyms? But uh, in, in their place, they have these things called uh, trials or island trials, which have like a beginning, middle, end kind of situation where when you start a trial, it's like like a puzzle or you need to collect items or stuff like that. So you have to go out and find them because they're hitting the grass or stuff like that. It's not a combat thing. You just You just have to go out and find stuff. Or solve a puzzle, so that's it's interesting, it's different. And then usually at the end of the trial, sometimes you'll be challenged by like a trial captain who's kind of like a gym leader, but not really. But uh, most times you have to fight a, a, a totem Pokemon, which is mm-hmm. it's a completely different way of. It's kind of like a boss. It's like a boss Pokemon. So when they when the fight starts, one of their stats will get super powered up. So like um. For example, in the middle of the game, there's a uh, totem Pokemon that's a grass type. At the start of the battle, they'll get a boost to their speed. So they're super fast. You're never going first against them. And then the other thing that they do is they'll they'll summon a ally Pokemon to come and help them during the fight. So it's like a 2v1. And especially during this grass trial, it's super annoying because they'll summon a cast form. And for those that don't know cast form, it's, it's, it's the weather Pokemon. So, <laughs> so they'll summon a cast form, and cast form's like, yo, here's some sunny weather for you. <laughs> and then the grass Pokemon will utilize the sunny weather to get boosts up healing and being able to use solar beam every turn without having to charge it up. Wow. So like that's how they've added a bit more challenge to it, rather than just being like, hey, here's a trainer, and they got four high-level Pokemon, have fun. It's like no, there's, it's more dynamic now. There's like duos and weather effects, and differences in stats that you can't really prepare so for. They kind of developed the strategy a little bit more. There's a lot more strategy involved, and it's not just a total Pokemon that you less more strategy, but even some of the normal trainers have more sophisticated tactics. Like before, they'd just be like, "All right, here's my Pokemon." I'm going to use the strongest attack I have available and just see what happens. But no, like early on, there's this one trainer that will come out and you put on a, uh, he was stealth rocks. So there's like terrain hazard. And then he'll keep doing moves that force you to switch your Pokemon out so that they get brought back out and get affected. They get damaged by the terrain. And he'll just keep forcing you to swap your Pokemon out over and over and over again. And you have to learn how to deal with the constant swapping. So like, the AI in this game is like way better, or at least the battles are better designed, so they're a lot more interesting. Um, as far as like the new Pokemon go, I think there was seventy or eighty new Pokemon, something like that, and they're all pretty good, pretty good. Some of them disappointed me more than I was anticipating, but overall, it's a pretty solid new batch of Pokemon. Um, still trying to get used to them. I'm doing 
a second playthrough right now, trying to get used to some of the new ones, and uh, I think they'll find their place eventually, but they're not as obvious as previous ones have been. Uh, the stars, though, those are important, but those new stars are great. Probably the best set of stars we've had since, I want to say, like, the fourth generation games. Some of the most diverse, too, right, as far as typing goes? Yeah, some definitely some new typings. Um, like, the, the grass one evolves to be part ghost, which I've never heard of a ghost-type starter, so that's cool. Uh, and then the water one eventually evolves into being a fairy type as well, so I've never heard of a fairy starter. That's that's new as well. But yeah, but they're doing some cool stuff with that. Um, but I think I think one of my favorite changes is this, the way the whole like flow of the game is besides the gyms like the main focus is not on you growing as a trainer and being like i'm going to overcome these challenges and then get to the end and fight the main boss but no like the whole game is a lot more story focused which i i've never really thought a pokemon game could be they've taken huge leaps and bounds to making this game feel like an actual rpg and not just a pokemon game you know right like Past Pokemon games, I was like, hey, I'm in this place, and this character comes up and is like, yo, we're doing this thing now. Come and meet us after you're done with the gym. All right, I'll meet you when I'm done with the gym. But in this, it's like, hey, you're here, and we're here. There's this cutscene. Let's watch, watch the cutscene and learn more about the story and what's going on. And you get to learn more about the characters and stuff during all of them, and not just people that are there. Yet they actually have personalities and stuff. It's kind of gushing. That's but... nice to know. But no, like this actually feels more like a complete game and not just a continuation of Pokemon. Like I, I'd, I'd have a hard time recommending past Pokemon games to people that were not Pokemon fans. But this one actually has more appeal to a wider audience, I think. Not just Pokemon fans, but I feel like if you're someone that likes role-playing games in general, there's actually quite a bit to like of this one. Kind of nice to know that they're, you know willing to take some risks and change up a formula that's done well. Absolutely. For a long period. Um, this just doesn't really apply to everyone, but they've also made good changes to like the balancing and the competitive aspect. Uh, so now it's actually like easier than ever to create a competitively viable Pokemon team and to start playing online and challenging other people. Which before has always been a big hurdle because it's like, oh well, if I wanna if I wanna compete online, you know, I need to go through the process of breeding specific Pokemon with specific moves and and then train them in a certain way so that certain stats are boosted. They've they've streamlined a lot of this and now it's like I have a Pokemon I have a Pokemon that's not really that great right now, but I don't have to go through this huge long process of making a perfect version of it. I can tweak what I have right now and make it better, make it good for competitive use. That's nice. So, yeah, yeah, like, if you're someone that's kind of interested in that, it's uh, it's definitely easier than ever now, and probably the best time to get back into Pokemon if it was something you were interested in doing. I know they tried to make X and Y more accessible, but, and it, sure, it was, but maybe not for the right reasons, but I think Sun and Moon is definitely a step in the right direction for the series. Oh, and one last comment. Team Skull, awesome. Best team <laughs> in the entire series. Eat your heart out, Team yeah. Rocket. 
<laughs> my boy Guzma. My boy. You got a problem? Go talk to Guzma. He's got my back. Are they they are they as bad in this like are they the enemies in this one still or are they good now? Here here's the thing about Team Skull. They're completely incompetent. They can't do anything. <laughs> but they they know that. And the game knows that. So it's always just constantly poking fun at how bad they are. <laughs> Even the leaders are like, yeah, our grunts are fucking suck. But it's okay, because they're, <laughs> they're adorable and lovable at the same time. Yeah. Yeah, but like, uh, Guzma, the, the, their boss, probably one of the, my three favorite characters in the entire series. He's got a great backstory. That's There's, there's, there's character backstory in this now. It's amazing. <laughs> it's like Pokemon's like yo we have all this great lore why don't we just start like focusing on the here and now and make that more interesting and not just be like hey there's some text in a book that alludes to the cooler stuff no that cooler stuff is happening here and now it's happening in the game you can see it during the cutscene it's like it's it's happening shit's getting real I'm glad that they see that people it. actually want to know the story yeah testing out maybe out RPG for the get ready for Pokemon Stars on the Switch, boys. It's happening. Yeah, <laughs> that is an actual rumor, though. That uh, there's going to be a Switch version of these games. That's what I heard. Like, oh my god, I got it. Going to be like Pokemon Stadium, please. That'd be <laughs> awesome. Um, yeah, like that's been uh, what I've been spending most of my time on. It's just Pokemon and Uncharted. Uh, was there anything else you guys were playing that we didn't uh, get around to talking about? Don't think so. I think we got most of all this. Because yeah, that's, that's supposed to be what I've been playing. Uh, let's move on and uh, start looking forward to what we could expect to be coming out next month. Um, very light. Again, I think the standout titles for next month are Steep, which you may remember is the uh, the snowboarding game from Ubisoft. Remember oh that? yeah, yeah, that, that's a thing. It uh, looked good, but it's it's a snowboarding game, yeah. so I guess <laughs> graphics are. Not sure how I feel about that. It's uh, it's not really my thing. I'm sure there's some people that will like it though. Um, Dead Rising Four is coming coming out. I'm not a big uh, fan of Dead Rising series, but uh, I know there's some people that do like it. It it's surprising that it's coming out so soon, and that they're using the character from the first game, which <laughs> is weird. I mean, there is technically a story on um, how the zombies came about, and now that like the second and third one, they've been living with zombies for a while. So I wonder how if they're gonna go with story for this one, or just make it more of a comedic zombie game like the first two were, basically. I keep getting the feeling that they're going more for the, the first one, and so it's going to be like a funny zombie thing. I don't know if there's going to be any continuity to the previous games. I'm going to lean towards no. <laughs> the man has spoken. But, the big know, no says no. It surprised me. <laughs> but I still probably won't pick it up either way. I, haven't, I got one of them for free with the gold games thing, and I just wasn't that impressed. I mean, it, it's just, it's really a time consumer if you're not into the story. It's 
they take a while to beat, and there's just a lot of side things that you don't have to do. You could, you can do, or you can just run around killing zombies. I know the third one was pretty dark. Like they actually tried to take it a more serious note, but then there was still like some non-serious fighting things and combinations you could do. So I don't know. I I, I wonder if Dead Rising Four will probably be a little bit popular just because um, people really like the first one. But we'll see. Mm-hmm. Um, other titles can released include The Last Guardian at Long Last. What, that game was announced like eight years ago or something like that? Maybe longer? Yeah. For the PlayStation yeah. 3? Talk about hype. <laughs> uh, it's finally coming here around. Um, I'm a big fan of the like... previous games, uh, Ico and Shadow of the Colossus. So I'll probably get around to play, get, picking up The Last Guardian. I'm curious to see how it how it does. I don't think it's going to live up to eight years of hype, but I'm just curious to see how it turns out. I don't think it'll be terrible, but you never know. I mean, we all know the dog's going to die at some point. That's inevitable. You can't have, like, you have two characters here. You have a young boy and a dog. I've never seen a story involving a young kid and a dog where either the dog doesn't die or the kid doesn't, like, get sick and die. And since you're playing as okay, a kid, yeah. it's probably the, the animal. Well, I can't play the game if the dog dies. So, <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm, you know it's going to happen. We hit the check. Does the dog die? Dot com and see if the last guardian gets posted on there. I mean, I don't think do they do video games? Probably. <laughs> I don't know. Do they? Let me check. I know they do a lot of movies. But I don't, I don't know too many video games does that dogs die, die anyway. Does the dog die? <laughs> can I, type, I mean... Can I type in, like, Call of Duty and see what happens? <laughs> I don't remember. Does that dog die in... What was it? Black Ops 2? Black Ops I think? 3. I, mean, I, I don't you, think it was you, 3. I know you killed some dogs in Call of Duty 4. No, I, don't, I think it was Infinite... Or it's one of the non-Infinity Awards, wasn't it? Oh, was it Treyarch? Uh, there was a there was a dog companion in one of them. One of the recent I can't ones. I not remember which one it was. Oh, it was Ghost, wasn't it? It was probably no. Ghost. I remember Wait. a lot of dogs oh, in that I, promotional. It was Ghost. Yeah, I'm pretty sure this uh, yeah. site only has movies. Bummer. Yeah. There you go. You can start your own website for... And he's also... <laughs> I mean, he's technically not a dog. In not video games. I mean, yeah, he's like a griffin or something, but whatever. He's cute, and that's all that matters. <laughs> he's a cute, fluffy animal that helps you. He's going to die. Uh, what else we have here? Uh, Yakuza 6. For those that like a more Asian spin on your Grand Theft Autos. And Eagle Flight VR. Because <laughs> you want to just... Be immersed into the world of being an eagle and hearing eagle con in your ears all the time. I mean, it looked fun, but I don't have VR and I don't know too many people that would play that, especially like be able to play that like LAN or anything. <laughs> you mean to tell me you don't just have like four of the vibes sitting <laughs> around your four supercomputers? No, I, I don't really have like 
fifteen thousand dollars to spend on all that. Why not? <laughs> I'm just not a professional gamer. You had one job, and that was to get a Eagle Flight VR set up, and you failed us. Uh, I'm sorry. Oh. I'm sorry. <laughs> and less depressing news. The Assassin's Creed movie is coming out at the end of December. Uh, the trailers look pretty good for it. Video game movies don't have a good track history, but I'm curious to see how this one do. It's got a good cast, good good direction. I think it, it's promising. I'll probably go out and see it in but, theaters. Yeah, I mean, there's, basically there's what good, it comes uh, down is to how they handle the story. Yeah, that's going to be the easiest, yeah. the easiest thing to mess up. Not that the Assassin's I mean, Creed story isn't already messed up from Ubisoft. Hey, <laughs> I mean, I'm probably going to be the most critical of this movie because probably. I've I know most of the story and I loved most of the story from Assassin's Creed. And I'm wondering, I was watching the trailers and I'm like, I wonder. Obviously, the animus is different. Yep, because they are like strapped like him around into on it. an arm. Yeah, and, like, and he's like doing the movements of the assassin as, like, on, like, basically, what we all imagined. Like, like that thing from Gamer. Yeah. 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 But, like, subconsciously, and uh, and he, like, retains all the skills he does. It's like, it's like a VR type thing, and it's... I mean, I never pictured it like that. That's a cool way to picture it, and it's, I guess, it's better way for them to tie in, like, present and past. But I don't know. Uh, I guess I, I'm gonna be most critical when I see where they put the where where he's put in history, like what time period. Isn't it like uh oh what is it? I'm curious. I gotta look it up because I know that they announced it. Was it like Renaissance era? It looked more modern, but not too modern. Assassin's Creed movie time period. Uh, 15th century Spain. Oh, so it is pretty far back. Huh. And Spain, too. They've never touched on yeah, Spain that's, before. Um, that's before the events of the Assassin's Creed 2 trilogy? Um, right? I think so. When, uh, when did those take place? You said 15th century? Yes. Yeah, so I think that's... The 1400s? Uh, that's around Altair's time. Ronda tires. That's the closer to which, one. Which would be surprising because Altair was in Italy, I think. You mean Axio? Axio was in Italy. Uh, where was Altair? He was the, the OG in the, the Middle East. Yeah, that's where I thought he was. Uh, well, I mean, back then, the not to talk going too much about this history, but there, the thing, it wasn't too big, like the Assassin's thing. So uh, I wonder how they're going to explain that. I mean, I know there's at least a couple of assassins because I think he has uh, some sort of assassin companion with him. So there's at least two or three. I don't know how many there are. Yeah. It'll be cool to see if they do the whole modern thing, like he's an assassin and like someone's trying to help him escape from uh, Abstergo again. If they do that, that'd, that'd be pretty cool. Yeah, I'm definitely curious to see how it turns out. If this movie is at least like uh, Prince of Persia quality, I'll be happy. Because I thought that yeah. was actually kind of a decent movie. 
not like great or anything, but definitely enjoyable enough to sit down and watch it for like two hours. So that's that's all I'm really hoping for for this. Um, but yeah, that, that's gonna kind of wrap up what we have to uh, look forward to next month as far as actual new games and movies and stuff goes. Uh, like I said, next episode is going to be like a 2016 recap. Uh, not sure how the format for that would go, but I think we'll spend a little bit of time talking about some of the most disappointing things we played this year. Uh, we'll probably <laughs> each get our own top 10 list and maybe uh, compare contrast and come together and see if there's something that stands out above the rest based on our lists. Uh, and then after that, we may look forward to 2017 and kind of give our quick opinions on some of the big games that will be coming out next year. So um, if you're into that kind of speculation or if you just want to hear our opinions on some games that already came out this year, maybe get our recommendations for some if you haven't played them all. Uh, definitely tune in for that episode and that's what we'll be doing. So look for that around Christmas time, I would imagine. Uh, did you guys have any final thoughts and opinions you wanted to get out there before we close the show out? Uh, I don't think so. I mean, we're all getting ready to hopefully get new th- new games for Christmas. So, <laughs> especially since at the time of recording tomorrow, Cyber Monday. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Are there are there in any the games? Are there any games that you think you may pick up in the near future and play before the next time we have an episode? Uh, no, probably not. Um, I was thinking about going back and redoing Dark Souls 3 and doing the DLC, but uh, new games, I don't think so. Uh, unless Battlefield 1 goes on Super Sale. <laughs> Super no. sale. I think it was like... <laughs> Thirty dollars the other day. Yeah, it was pretty cheap. I think they have it all thirty percent off right now. Not bad. And I can't imagine what it'd be tomorrow. Guess I'll have to keep an eye out for those uh, those deals. Uh, I know, per- mine personally, I'm going to. Um, I'm looking forward to the Last Guardian. So, uh, I was thinking of um, playing through Echo and Shadow of the Colossus again before that comes out. And then playing through the last guardian, so it's like a complete trilogy experience. Um, not hundred percent sure on this yet, but I might I might stream that. I don't know. I might get back in the streaming a little bit, see how that goes. I haven't been able to do it for a while just because of uh, my setup and uh, time constraints, but I might do that. I'm also, uh, there's a couple of other potential game of the year candidates I kind of want to play through. Might check out Doom, the uh, 2016 version, and uh, I also want to try check out Inside, see how that was. Heard good things about that. So there might so there might be a couple of last minute additions to my top ten list based on what I play. So I don't know. We'll see. I think next uh, next episode's gonna be exciting. So I hope everyone listening sticks around and tunes into that when it gets released. But uh, but until then, everyone have a good night. Stay safe and happy Cyber Monday. Wake me when you need me.